and I admired his uh, no-nonsense attitude about things. He was kind of kind of crusty, which I enjoyed. <laughs> and uh, I said to myself, I want that guy as a friend. Hello and welcome to Notes from the Beard. You're listening to Peaceful Coexistence, which is episode 28 in a series of 40 that Andy Schwarz and I were able to record with Tom Theobald before he passed away in November 2021. On the surface, this is about bees. On another level, it's about friendship. Go deeper again, and it's about mortality and the passage of time. And this episode is dear to me because we get to hear Tom speak from the heart about the value of an old friend. My name is Laura Tyler. I'm your producer and host. This is episode 28, Peaceful Coexistence, written by Tom Theobald in 1991 and read by Tom in 2021. One fine spring day, early into my beekeeping career, I invited a friend along for a day of beekeeping at a bee yard on Wagon Wheel Road. We had known each other for nearly 10 years, but most of our time together had been spent as two of the suit-and-tie boys of American business. About halfway through the morning, I took a break on the tailgate of the old Ford. As I sat there, one of the many foragers in the air landed on my hand and proceeded to walk across my bare skin, probing here and there with its tiny tongue to sample the saltiness. I didn't pay much attention to the bee. I knew she was just curious. But when I looked at Rich, I caught him watching intently, a quizzical look in his eye. He no doubt held some of the common misconceptions about stinging insects, and I could see as he watched that he was learning something new. The bees are flying actively on warm, sunny days now. The maples and willows start flowering in early March. These trees provide pollen, a protein source which stimulates brood rearing, but they yield little nectar. Most of the foragers seen now are young bees, born within the last month. The older fielders, which overwintered, will largely have died off by late March. These young bees are genetically programmed to seek out things which are sweet, aromatic, and colorful. Since they have relatively few older bees to show them the way, there is some uncertainty as to just what it is they are supposed to be looking for. This early foraging, when there is little to work on, and most of the foragers are trainees, can be very disconcerting to people unfamiliar with bees. With little in bloom, the bees will investigate any aroma which catches their attention. They can home in from long distances on the fragrance of hairspray, perfume, aftershave, or even freshly laundered clothes. I often explain that bees at this time of year are like little puppies, friendly and inquisitive. That usually elicits a sidewise glance and a look of disbelief, 
but it's true. Unless provoked to defend themselves, they present no more threat than the robins do. A common scenario goes something like this. One of these magnetic spring days draws you outside to bask lizard-like in the warm sun. Soon, a bee or two appears, attracted by some fragrance you are putting out. As they circle curiously, hands begin to flail and panic breaks out. More often than not, the bee is struck in midair and reflexively it delivers a sting, and an irrational fear of bees is confirmed. If, on the other hand, had you sat quietly, the bee would have soon satisfied itself that you were the strangest flower it had ever seen, with nothing to offer in the way of food, and it would have gone on its way peacefully. With only a little understanding of the bee's behavior, these seemingly threatening meetings can be pleasant encounters. Bees will sometimes enter the open door of a house on the trail of some intriguing household aromas. Far from attacking anyone, they usually go directly to the nearest window in an attempt to get out again. Put a water glass over the bee, gently slip a sheet of paper between the glass and the window pane, then take your captive to the door. She will be off as soon as you release her, with stories to tell of the strange hives that people live in. Farmers often have a little difficulty with bees in the spring. This usually revolves around ground feed, particularly ground corn, being fed to livestock. The bees are attracted to the slight sweetness and gather the fine particles as a substitute for pollen when natural pollen is in short supply. The best way to avoid this conflict is to feed early in the morning and late in the evening when it is too cool for the bees to fly. If no feed is available during the warm part of the day, the bees won't be trained to return each day. In times of shortage, anything sweet, like pop cans, may attract the attention of the bees. If the bee crawls into the can and falls into the liquid, the next sip may produce both pop and bee. This can be a dangerous situation, and it isn't something you want to experience. By habit, we always keep pop cans covered when we are outside working in the spring or fall, if the bees have shown any interest in them. Bees need a source of water throughout the year. In spring, when many natural sources, such as irrigation ditches, are either dry or frozen up, they may find things like pet dishes a suitable substitute. A drop or two of mineral oil in the water will discourage the bees and not harm the pet. Better yet, remove the pet dish for a few days and put an alternate source out somewhere. Once the bees have been trained to this new source, 
They will leave the pet dish alone. New Green Grass holds an almost irresistible attraction for youngsters' bare feet. If the temperature is marginal for flight, bees landing in the grass will sometimes be chilled to the point where it is difficult for them to take off again. The collision between young feet and young bees often brings predictable results. This probing and investigating will diminish as the spring progresses. The early flowering trees will occupy some of the fielders. Blooming choke cherries and wild plum will divert even more. The end doesn't really come, though, until the dandelions bloom. This signifies the end of winter for bees and beekeepers alike. It is the first honey flow of consequence and usually comes about April 20th here along the Front Range. An interesting sidelight to this is that the bees find the color yellow very attractive in the early spring, almost as if they were anticipating the dandelions. The puzzle is that none of these spring bees has ever seen a dandelion. If you are determined to go out in the spring in brightly colored clothes, smelling like a flower bed, you can expect to attract the attention of an occasional foraging bee. Those meetings can be pleasant or painful, but if you understand a few rules of behavior, you will soon discover that the bees are really quite gentlemanly insects. What stands out for you about this, this piece that you just read? Well, it would be something that nobody would suspect. The fellow that I took with me was a friend that I had, a friendship I had developed early on in my IBM career. And we're still very good friends. Rich was recently admitted to a, a home. He's got cancer. He's immobile. He's mm-hmm. not happy. It's very painful. Mm-hmm to read of this early encounter. Tell me about that. Well, I left IBM after 10 years. Rich stayed with IBM until he retired. We're still good friends, even though he's over in Grand Junction and we don't see each other too often. He's only been in the home now for a couple of weeks. I try to call him every three or four days just to see how he's doing. His mind is working well, but his body is failing him, and it's very hard Mm -hmm. to be at this point in life and see your friends confronting the aging process and not being able to help. Is there something that you want to talk about this memory? This is a sweet moment that you write about in this piece. I don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to say. By the time this is made public, 
my friend Rich may be gone. Mm -hmm. Just very hard. Do you want to tell us more about your friendship with Rich and what he's like and how you two connected? Well, I had been with IBM for a year, and they moved me into personnel. Rich was several years older than me, and he had been a school teacher. Came to Colorado after he graduated from college in a wreck of an old car with a case of oil in the back seat. I think the name of the town was Mancos. And he taught school there for a couple of years and then came to the Front Range. So he had some work experience before he went to IBM, and I admired his uh, no-nonsense attitude about things. He was kind of crusty, which I enjoyed. <laughs> and uh, I said to myself, I want that guy as a friend. Mm -hmm. I do find it really interesting what we connect with in our friends. He and I did a lot of things together. And now, uh, now he's coming to the end. So, been a friend for 60 years. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad I picked him. I didn't know until I read the script that I was going to recount that first trip we took to the bee yard. He'd had no exposure to bees, so it was something brand new for him. And he learned something from that trip about the bees. What did he learn? Well, he learned when he was watching that little bee walk across the back of my hand that, for the most part, bees were not aggressive and he didn't have to be concerned about them attacking him, mm -hmm. even though there were lots of bees in the air. He trusted my judgment. Fortunately, he didn't get stung. <laughs> Something that... Let me think about how to ask this. There is something that this piece reminds me of is how charming honeybees are. Yes. It's almost like you're describing a person, these characteristics of curiosity, youth, investigativeness. Well, to misuse a pun... There's a definite sweetness to bees. They're curious and friendly and inquisitive and accepting, accommodating. They can also be the opposite, you know. They can be assertive, defensive, aggressive, in defense of themselves or their home. But there's also a certain charm to bees that if you take the time to observe, it's hard not to relate to that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Another thing that you suggest here 
in the story about training the bees away from the water dishes is the intelligence of the bees. They are trainable. I find that fascinating. Yes, they're very trainable if you understand what motivates them. For example, a bee entering a house, invariably the first thing it does is it goes to a window and it wants Mm -hmm. to get out. And I use that characteristic in the honey house every day. I open the windows, I have screens on the windows, and I have little notches in the screens at the top and the bottom. We call them bee escapes. And the bees that somehow have found their way into the honey house have soon satisfied their curiosity. Maybe they've gotten a little honey. And before long, they're at the windows. And they will either go up, usually, or down. And they will discover those bee escapes, and they will be gone. So I use that characteristic every day during the Mm -hmm. harvest time. The interesting thing is that bees are scent hunters. They find things by scent. The wasps, on the other hand, are sight hunters. And the difference reveals itself at the windows. Because if you watch, the bees will never be able to come back and find their way back in. They will never find those bee escapes. The wasps, on the other hand, hunting by sight, will occasionally find those bee escapes and come back in through the bee escapes. Wow, that is a really cool observation. But it makes sense because a lot of times the wasps are looking for these little notches and holes. They're predators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. And and that window screen, the scents coming out of the window screens that have drawn the bees to the honey house are distributed all across the surface of the screen. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing to distinguish the bee escape. The wasps, on the other hand, are looking for an entry. The scent coming off of the screen doesn't mean a whole lot to them. In this story, you're describing this experience of the younger bees just checking out their environment. Can you describe to people what that feels like as a person to be investigated by a bee? The younger bees haven't learned much when they first take the step to become fielders. So they're very curious. They're very open to learning. They're very much like young children. And I get a lot of criticism from my non-beekeeping friends when I say that they're like little puppies or they're like little children, but they really are. How so? Well, they're very inquisitive. They're not particularly defensive. They haven't been affected by the challenges of life to the degree that the older bees have, the more experienced bees, the adult bees. And they're very much like children or or puppies. And, you know, often if I say that, my non-beekeeping friends think, 
poor old Tom, he's over the edge. <laughs> so I, because I keep bees, I can absolutely identify with what you're saying. Can you describe what some of that behavior feels like to be on the receiving end of being investigated? What's that like? Boy, if you're a beekeeper, there's a point at which you recognize that 95% of the time, the bees don't really care too much about you. You're, you don't represent a threat. You don't represent a hazard. They're pretty much indifferent to your presence. And it's a, it's a rare opportunity to be accepted into that intricate system of the bees. That, that's one of the great uh, benefits of being a beekeeper. You're drawn in and accepted into this complicated society of bees, and it's a great honor. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you want to tell us about this story, Tom? As a beekeeper, you look very closely at bees frequently, and entomologists who specialize in other insects may have similar feelings about other insects, but the bees are just a beautiful insect. They're a beautiful life form, and certainly beekeepers feel that way, but I agree, yeah. individually and collectively, they're a beautiful life form. Thank you for listening to Notes from the Bee Yard. We publish new episodes on Fridays at noon. Join us next week for episode 29, The Bluebirds Are Back. In the meantime, hop on over to notesfromthebeeyard.buzz and subscribe. <laughs>